Pickaxe. Oh, what's the best game where you get to eat pie? Oh, what's the best game where you play a dead guy? Hey, you'll find out in DG247's podcast. Looks boring. What are you on about? It All of great. their games, they look boring. It doesn't look boring. It looks like it you're an assassin on the Isle of Man. But it doesn't have the kind of... Wow. The steampunk quail-based economy is incredible. Yeah, it's boring. <laughs> <laughs> VG247's Best Games Ever podcast is ostensibly a show about figuring out what the best game in a weirdly specific category is, but it's actually just about petty arguments. You should listen to it. It's good. Is that it? That's the whole promo? Uh, yeah, I was just doing And it. that's supposed to make people subscribe, is it? Yes. Okay, good luck with that. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Review of Death, your fortnightly home for Doctor Who news and reviews. I'm Matthew Toffolo, and I'm joined, as ever, by Billy Garrett-John. Hello, Billy. How are you doing? I'm very good, mate. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Happy everybody. New Year. Yes, this is our first one, isn't it, of 2024? It is, yeah. Um, took a week off, but we're back. Yeah. We're uh, live and kicking. We're rodding. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, a whole new calendar year of things to get petulant and annoyed about, which is an exciting prospect for everybody, I'm sure. Always good. Always good. Um, not really much in the way of news. At no, the I was going to say. Nothing has happened since the Church of <laughs> Ruby Road or whatever the hell it was called. Um, yeah. He's already putting it out of mind, Matt. He's already yeah. deciding it didn't happen. Well, I mean, I've had uh, people come up to me at work, uh, talk about it, and... The consensus was that see, people seem to have enjoyed it, which is good. Mm. Um, people didn't enjoy the singing. That that seems to have been a, across yeah. the board. People have gone, oh, not sure about that. Particularly when the doctor started. I think they, they sort of bought the, the goblins doing it. But then I think everyone else, once other people started singing, they were like, this doesn't really feel like this is happening in universe like what, what that am I seems watching? like a, a universal consensus doesn't it yeah like, that was just a bit too far yeah and the giggle people seem to really enjoy the giggle but everyone it's really weird everyone who isn't a fan have all gone what the hell is going on with that by regeneration thing we and, knew I've it would had, happen. And, and i've had to say that i pulled that face and gone don't ask me. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm asking the same question as you. But they all sort well, of felt like they were a bit robbed of, mm. you know, the usual fare of how regeneration yes. works. And then they keep asking me questions like, so is David Tennant just like sticking around then? I was like, well, yeah, I guess he kind of is. He's like, well, how does that work? I said, I don't know. <laughs> I have mm. no idea. But, Interesting that of all the questions and all the threads that were left after all of those specials. Yeah. That is the one that people still want answers for. And yeah. it's like, not even the Doctor Who fans, not even the Ming Mongs can give you a concise no. consensus on what the hell actually happened. And no. also on top of that, you've got all the usual stuff that you should normally be worrying about with an upcoming season. You know, yeah. what's Mrs. Flood about? What's the Legion thing? Who's yeah. the Leap's boss? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But actually it's kind of for the general audience, by the signs of it, shrouded by, is he the Doctor? What's yeah. David Tennant doing? And David Tennant's, we're not going to see hide nor hair of him in the new series, I'm sure. So Yeah, yeah, it's really weird. Uh, yeah, it, it's been quite enlightening to sort of think, well, having, having seen like fan opinion on Twitter and, you know, in our comment section and stuff, you know, I, I, I don't want to say it quite like this, but I'm going to, you know, Doctor Who fans seem to be taking a lot of copium to get, get on board with it. You know what I'd I mean? never heard of that term until you mentioned it. I love it. <laughs> it's, it they use it at work a lot. I had never heard of it until work. And now, now it's part of my lexicon. Um, yeah. And I, and it's like, it's very interesting to see how fans like, you know, this is fine. This is fine. You know, as they snort this stuff. Um, whereas the general public are like, this don't make any bloody sense. What? Um, that was it's, yeah. It's been interesting. It's but it's been nice to have those water cooler moments at work again. So I'm I'm enjoying yeah, that. Absolutely, yeah. Doctor Who's you know in the 21st century was kind of all about that. Certainly mm. in school playgrounds, at the very least, you know it was. Yeah, I can't believe the Doctor got shot by a Dalek last night. Yeah. Or oh my god, all those Daleks that came out of the big ball and blah blah blah. Yeah, you know it's it's about those snapshot moments, and it's nice yeah. the 60th gave fans a lot to stew on but disappointing that the overriding feeling for the general audience coming out of it is 
what was the bioregeneration about? Because, yeah. you know, um, it seems kind of like the least important of the threads that were left dangling, really. Yeah. You know, the, the way that it's sort of been waved away is, oh, it's just that's the way it is now and all the other Doctors are affected by this and there's an old Sylvester McCoy running around and there's an old John Pertry running around yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, it's, it's disappointing that that's the thing that, that people that, are kind it, of it's overshadowed. It's most. overshadowed it mm. a bit, hasn't it, really? Uh, and it was weird. On Boxing Day, my older brother came over and he said, oh, I've watched all the Doctor Whos, but I've not watched the Christmas one yet. And I said, oh, well, you know, give it a go, see what you think. And he was like, so is David Tennant in this one as well? And I said, no, he said, it's the new guy. And he was like, oh, he said, but David Tennant was still around at the end of the last one. He said, I'm so confused. I was like, oh, no. That's really frustrating. (laughs) Well, let's cast our minds back to the 60th anniversary. But before we were sullied with mentions of bioregeneration and whose TARDIS is the original TARDIS and where the fuck did that mallet come from? Let's talk about... A, a classic that was given a new yeah. lease of life over the 60th anniversary period because um, we're actually, as of recording this and as of it going out, it's been 60 years midway point through the serial since the Daleks debuted on yeah. television. Yeah. Um, and they are as big as the show itself. They are inextricably linked from now until the end of time. Yeah. But that original seven episode story does come in for some stick because of its pacing mm-hmm. uh, and because, you know, the earliest examples of Doctor Who on TV are not the, what's the right term? They're not the easiest for new fans to penetrate. There is no. a sort of uh, separation you get from a modern viewing audience expectation and 1960s yeah. television. So oh, for this sure. was an opportunity. Like, especially like watching it, after just like watching the specials, you know, you, yeah. you look at it and you think, oh, wow, how far television has come. It's, it's quite incredible. I and mean, that's just I, Richard I, Martin's poor, poor directing, but, you know. <laughs> <That's> just, <yeah. laughs> uh, but this was an opportunity to give this story a new lease of life and possibly opening the door to new mm. uh, avenues to rejuvenate classic Doctor Who for yeah. episodes that do exist already to bring them up to date for a modern audience. Yeah. Was it a massive success? We'll find out because we're talking about the Daleks in colour. Um, but first and foremost, Matt, what do you think of the original seven episode adventure? Uh, I think we've had this conversation before, but it's never been a favourite by any means. You know, it's not a favourite Dalek story. I know that sort of sounds sacrilegious because, you know, this is the story that put Doctor Who on the map. You know, if this hadn't worked we would not be here talking about doctor who 60 years on um you know this saved the program really and i it's funny actually because re-watching the color one it, it at its core it's a good story it's a tight story really you know it's a very simple story and it's it's a strong plot but it is weighed down by the fact that the actual serial is seven episodes long Mm. It is a lot of plodding about and, you know, spending 25 minutes to jump over a gap and all this sort of thing that it weighs it down. And I think having grown up watching the Peter Cushing film. Yes. Rather than having seen the serial, it, the serial was always going to suffer because that film is so, so much tighter. And obviously it looks so lovely uh, because it's in colour. Um yeah, this this one was always going to struggle in comparison to that. Um, yeah, so it's never been a favourite of mine. What about you? Mm. I, I feel the same. I, I, I appreciate it. As you say, it's yes. hugely important. Um, mm. I prefer An Unearthly Child. It almost feels as long as An Unearthly Child in some parts, even though it's only a four-episode story, that first one. <laughs> but it has that sort of 60s television pace, you know? Yes. and yeah. It, Doctor Who is an unknown quantity to the people making it. They don't know, is this the right pace for a show like this? It's an adventure yeah. serial, but it's all very new. The yeah. actors are still getting to know each other. Uh, yeah. the, the, you know, the technicalities of shooting this interior prop, then going to the exterior prop and all that sort of stuff. They're still working it out. Yeah. Um, so the running time is a massive hurdle. And yeah. like you, as you said, I, I much prefer the movie adaptation. Um, so you would think if any episode was ripe for this kind of treatment from those early years, 
this would kind of be the one, even though we have the cut down adaptation in yeah. Hammer, yeah. <laughs> with really lovely shiny Daleks and massive sets. But yeah. um, the biggest selling point for me wasn't the re-edit, wasn't the score. It was the colorization. I've wanted mm. to see an official colorization of a black and white Doctor Who yeah. for years. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what did you think of, of that? Was it something you were ever interested in seeing? And, and what, how did you feel when it was announced? It's funny, isn't it, really? Because I think it's been one of those things that everyone has always said, oh, wouldn't it be good to see these stories in colour? Um, and I know, you know, on some levels, there's obviously like a, a purist part of you that says, oh, well, you know, it was recorded in black and white, so we should enjoy it in black and white. But I think it's nice to have that option to just, you know, it, it's like looking through the looking glass and seeing like, oh, in another reality, this was shot in colour and this is what it looked like. Um, mm. so, and, you know, it doesn't mean you cannot watch the black and white one anymore. They've not done a George Lucas and said, well, no, yes. this is now the canon version of this story. You know, the black and white one does not exist. Um, yeah, so I was I was keen. I was keen to see what it was like, you know, and I've always loved seeing fans, um, you know, do colorizations. Mm. You know, I think Babel Color was the one who sort of really kicked it off back in the day in the early days of YouTube and stuff. Um, I remember watching his stuff and obviously he went on to work on the DVDs uh, for a bit. Um, yeah, so I was, I was keen to, to have a little look and see what it was going to look like. Um, and I think really overall, I've been very impressed with how well it was done. What about you? I, I mean, I was a bit put off by those initial images because, yes. which we saw of the, the TARDIS interior um, yeah. and I think of, of the, the TARDIS team or the Doctor, um, Susan, yeah. and um, Ian being menaced by the Daleks. Because ba Barbara's bright, bright pink um, Well, jumper. there's that. There is that, which I think is probably the most egregious colour choice in the whole <laughs> thing, because it just sort of stabs you in the eyes then, every time it's on screen. Yeah. There's no getting away from it. There's no other texture. There's nothing else to it other than pink. Um, but I think maybe th that photo of them in the TARDIS with the big blue floor yeah. wasn't the best way of selling it because there are moments in this where it does feel a little bit like someone's just put the saturation up right. on certain shots. Yeah. It does look a little bit too flary and a bit yeah. too primary colours. Yeah. But if you were going to colourise this based off of any surviving colour photographs of the set... Really, until a Dalek glides into view, or Barbara in her apparently pink blouse, uh, <laughs> and it is a smashing blouse she has on, when uh, a Dalek glides into view, until that point, you are just seeing greys and silvers yeah. and variations on that scale of grey. Yeah. Um, so it does make sense to actually chuck way more colour than ever would have been in the set oh, for sure. at the original print, because... Otherwise, you're just going to be left with a kind of general haze of, of grey and then a couple yeah. of blue hemispheres, you know, sort yeah. of strolling by. And I know um, I'm sort of jumping ahead a, a bit, but obviously we know that there are more of these coming out. Um, and yes. the War Games is the one that's sort of been strongly rumoured in the, in the press anyway. Um, and whether that's the case, we'll have to wait and see. But I, I was quite disappointed. I was like, oh, if you're going to do a Pat Trouton one, do, do like Tomb of the Cybermen. But I think it's that same problem is that if you look at any colour photographs, not that there are really any from that story, but you can kind of tell that everything is just silver. So, yeah, you know, you know what, what, unless you start making up the colours like they did here um, and the Cybermen Eric Klieg just has just got like a purple and pink polka dot tartan jacket <laughs> yeah. on. Um, I am yeah, the magician you know. and I wear amazing clothes. Yeah. yeah, and then and the Cybermen are just you know they are black and white you know they're just silver yeah. so you know you can't you can't even you know at least with the Daleks you can paint their balls on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, that's all I have to say about the colorization. I think it's a massive success, and I'm looking forward to seeing yeah. more colorization. Yeah. So I should say a massive congratulations to Rich Tipple, Timothy yep. K. Brown, Scott Burdett, and Kieran Hyman for their fantastic work colorizing. Uh, the Daleks, because yeah. that was a fantastic element and something I've wanted to see for ages. And I yeah. think we all excelled in that department. Definitely. Um, and I mean, I think the things that really, the, the, the moments that really blow my mind is just looking at the, the skin colour. Like, because you, you yes. can see that 
you know, Barbara's got her eye makeup on and, you know, there's tones to the flesh that you sort of think, you know, I've seen colorized things before and it does look like someone's just got a flesh colored crayon and just colored yes. it in and it's just one flat color. Um, so to see, I mean, I don't really understand how they do it, but it's too clever for my brain to comprehend. I think it's just some sort of sorcery. Um, it's AI. I, um, I did <laughs> notice, I don't know if this was intentional, but um, after Temesis is sh- killed in the Dalek ambush, and yeah. they carry his body out into the jungle, yeah. his, unless it, that was just the way the actor looked, um, his <laughs> skin colour is it's markedly pale, isn't it? paler, yeah. which I thought, that's a really nice touch. And also yeah. other nice additions like when the Daleks go mad with the anti-radiation drug, the red eye, their eyes they? go red. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's a really nice touch. Yeah. Um, yeah, so th- there's some really, really lovely... And, and also, um, I suppose this is more to do with the edit, but the visual effects with the Dalek City, that lovely opening shot that cranes yeah. down from the Dalek City into the jungle, yeah. uh, and Dalek ray gun effects and stuff. Yeah. Um, that stuff was done a lot more tastefully for this than I think a lot of the bonus uh, additional uh, special effects have been done for the DVDs in the past. Yeah, I think you're right, because at least it felt very within the production you know yeah. the lasers aside everything else felt like it was very much part of it they didn't think right well we're gonna do a cgi model of the city so let's go bigger and better you yeah know? like let's just do a faithful adaptation of the city but just so we can do a nice panning shot and or add a bit of rain in you know stuff like that exactly um yeah whereas on some of the blu-rays and the dvds for classic stories the laser effects are like way overboard and you're like, mm, yeah, this doesn't really feel like I'm watching a shitty dog zoo. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Absolutely not. It's like the, it's always the sound of the guns that betray the yes. effects <laughs> or, you know, whatever they've had to paste over. It's like, you might as well have just left it as it is. Just add a little bit more glitter to it or something. Yeah. Not yeah. Reanimate the whole thing. I think yeah. there's a few, 80s stories especially with laser yeah. guns where you think oh no that just doesn't work um yeah. but you know we've already started complaining about stuff that we're not talking about so uh, <laughs> let's get into another element of this whole uh project which of course was the new score mm. which uh was the responsibility of mark Ayres, yeah uh, while also using a lot of tristan carey's original sort of yeah soundscape because it's not really a score in the original episode is it it's just more no. atmospheric balls and whooshes yeah. and stuff like that um and also borrowing some stuff from the daleks master plan score yeah yeah well, it was funny listen, watching it back the other day uh because this is only the second time i've watched it um and it was it put me in the mind of me doing one of my action figure adventures and going through my, my of course catalog of like now, what William Hartnell music is out there <laughs> that I can use to score this story? Oh, there's not much, I possible. imagine. No, not much. Um, I mean, I don't think I would have necessarily... If I was doing a Tristram Carey Dalek story, don't know if I'd have used music from the Daleks Master Plan with like woodwind mm. and stuff. I think that might have been a bit too egregious for me. But I think it may have also been a bit too egregious to do a kind of bow, 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 bow <laughs> kind of score through it. But we'll get to that in a bit. Um, one thing I would like to say, which I thought was really nice, uh, did you pick up on the, I suspect, Doctor Who and the Daleks reference in the score towards the start? No. Only happens once. Okay. And it's Barbara walking through the Dalek corridors when she first goes into the city. Yeah. And, you know, it's almost a shot-for-shot remake from the TV show to the film, isn't it? Where she's coming down the corridor and it sort of pans across and then up to the... Um, security camera watching her there is a little flourish of harps as she comes through and I was oh, like yes, that, is. that is very that has got to be a reference to yeah. Doctor Who and the Daleks um, yeah. there weren't many others I didn't pick up no. on any reused sound <laughs> effects but I guess it's all a separate library and a separate yeah. license isn't it I, I mean I guess like the we'll talk about this properly later on but the uh, the escape sequence the sort of montage hmm. sequence has that sort of like 60s um, sort of bombastic thriller music, which, you know, in and of itself sounds vaguely reminiscent of the... Um, the, the, the of of music. Cush- of the Peter- <laughs> yeah, of music. Of the Peter Cushing soundtrack. Um, 
he it was interesting actually watching it back something that i picked up on and i don't think anyone else has noticed this but he actually reused one of his themes from back in the 90s marquez so he had a dalek march oh theme. is it the bow bow bow, bow yeah bow bow and then it comes up a couple of times, and especially in that little montage sequence, there's like a, a jazzed up version. And I remember hearing it and thinking, oh, wow, this is like, I had that on LP. We see LP. you out there, Mark. We see you. <laughs> I had that on LP um, from Doctor Who magazine. I do, I do love, oh, yeah, was that like the Myth Runners um, album or something? Was that what it, it was? I, it, was released on, it was released on something, but Doctor Who magazine released it with the Absalom Dark Dalek oh, yeah. song, yeah. So it was a, it was like a, the, the B side of that or something. Um, <clears throat> which was God, what yeah. a little curio! That's beautiful. Yeah. Um I did. That's I a spin-off like... that should happen. Yeah. We, we, oh come talk, on. We, could, we haven't we haven't talked about the the possible Sea Devils spin-off. Oh, that fuck, is sort of between <laughs> the land and the sea and <laughs> the kind of slightly awkward connotations that now drums up, given a conflict happening in the Middle East. Um, I think. <laughs> that an Absalom Dark spin-off absolutely needs to happen. How cool would that be? Because then that way, you know, if they don't want to use the Daleks in the main series, but they think, well, the Daleks sell a lot of merch, give them their own series where some mad bastard with a chainsaw is just oh. cutting them up. How good would Who that be? Who doesn't want a playset where you just push a Dalek down a little alleyway <laughs> and Absalom Dark goes bang and cuts <laughs> it in half? Like, that That'd is... Be, it'd be amazing. Come on. It'd be Come amazing. On. And you could give there, it, like, there a real, a like... Thing rock and roll soundtrack and just make it really oh. grungy and cool. Oh, make it do Doctor Who, but metal. That would be yeah, great. Yeah, that's it. Heavy metal Doctor Who. That would be awesome. Um, and cast, um, who plays Thor? Oh, um, Chris Hemsworth. Come, or his brother. Like, yeah. you know, they <laughs> are Absalom Dark. You know, like someone just crazy ripped to the yeah. point where you think, what supplements are you taking? Yeah, it would it would it know. would have been Sylvester Stallone in the in the aces, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, I was going to do a sly impression then, but that uh, might come across like Daleks. Adrian, just change. Ah, okay. So let yeah. So I like I like Marquez. So I you know yeah. I need to say I love Marquez's work. Yeah, chat at him at conventions. Lovely bloke. I love his sound that he goes for with some Doctor Who is what Doctor Who sounds like to me. It's that yeah, sort yeah. of synthy kind of, <laughs> you know, I love all of that. I love all of those, those descending notes and the synth yeah. stabs and all yeah. that shit. That is what Doctor Who sounds like in my head. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, he's also responsible for a lot of the mixing and the special sounds and things. Yeah. And I think on the whole, that works really nicely as well. You've got the cloister bell going off in the TARDIS. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. There's new Dalek gun sound effects. Mm. Yeah. Um, th there is a weird inclusion at one point, completely out of nowhere. One of the guns from Resurrection of the Daleks yeah. pops up and goes, ow! I was like, yeah. what the fuck is that come from? I put that in my notes. I was like, this would make sense if the Thals had guns to fight back with. Yeah, but, but they it's don't. Just, it's just like, why is that there? Yeah, it's really So weird. strange. <laughs> maybe it was just to kind of beef out the overall, maybe it felt, Maybe it sounded really empty when he was mixing it. Yeah. He was like, I just need a sound effect here to plug a gap or whatever. <laughs> um, but as well as new Dalek sound effects and sound effects for guns that don't exist, um, we have got new Dalek voices recorded yeah. by not just Nicholas Briggs, write the theme tune, sing the theme tune, but also David Graham, unbelievably. Yes, incredible. Absolutely incredible. I love the fact that they got him back to do this. That's, that's really nice. You know, especially like now that he's what, in his 90s. Uh, mm. You know, I don't know how the practicalities of that were. Did they just go around to his house while he was in bed and just say, here you are? I think they did. I'm sure I've seen a photo. It might, Mark might be in the photo with him. Mm. Um, but it's David in an armchair with yeah. a mic in his hand. Yeah. And he's, you know, giving it gusto. And I have to be honest, if I didn't know he'd recorded new lines, I don't think I would have been able to pick them out necessarily. No. no. You know? Uh, yeah. Um, Nick Briggs, less so, because we know what his Dalek sounds like. Yeah. And it, it did slightly frustrate me. He's not trying to do the kind of old Dalek voices. He's yeah. just going, you know, yeah. I, 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 am, I am Mr. Dalek, which there is was a bit disappointing. There was like one instance or two where they'd clearly 
sort of cut new dialogue within like a line of Dalek speech already. And they'd I think got, there were a few of those. Yeah, yeah when they're they chatting have, between themselves. Yeah, and they'd obviously said to Nick, you know, or you know, do it like Peter Hawkins, or you know, and we'll modulate it to try and match the sound. Um, but otherwise, you know, there were occasions when Nick Briggs starts doing his Dalek voice, and you're like, oh, well, that, well that's that's Nick Briggs, you know, that yeah. you know, <laughs> he has a very particular way of speaking as a Dalek. Um, mm. Yeah, so that, which that, is excellent. Which is we're yeah, not, not bashing it at all. No, it's just but, it's kind of one of those things that does sort of go, oh. Yes, yeah. I'm watching the Day of the Dalek special edition again. It just sort of Ex- jerks you exactly, out a Exactly, yeah. Bit. Your, your brain is not wired to hear that sound with these mm. visuals, you know? Um, but, you know, I think it was very good that, you know, they added in new bits of dialogue just to speed things up. There were things that they tweaked as well that uh, car leads get mentioned, don't they, at one yes. point? They, they very cleverly tweaked that. I wanted to ask you this particular. Um, right. What do you think about anti-radiation gloves being dropped? I know, it's in my notes. I was quite sad, but I guess I guess they were going to, weren't they? I, mm. I, it's I, nicely I, stitched, that bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, v- very much so. But, you know, anti-radiation gloves, drugs mm. is, is a classic, you know. I think there is a bit of a case for some of the sound effects maybe being left out because I think some, sometimes it's more dramatic to not have certain sound effects going off. I yeah. think one case where it definitely works is when they're scooping the mutant out of the casing yeah. and you hear that sludgy sound. I think that's yeah. fantastic. Um, in, a, in a case where I think it doesn't work and I think it should have been left as it was, is when, um, what's his name? Um, Antidus uh, <laughs> chops his line and oh, yeah, falls yeah, yeah. into the chasm. And yeah. you hear his body hit the floor. Oh, yeah. I think it's way more effective to just think he's dropped so far that yeah. you can't even hear him. Like, where does it go? Does it go down to the centre of the Daleks' planet? I always assume that. You yeah, know? It just, yeah, it's um, just like an endless chasm, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's just a bit too <laughs> on the nose, a bit too overplayed. Because then in my head, I'm waiting for him to go, hey, get me out of here. <laughs> yeah. But then I forgot, oh, that only happens in the movie. It's such a strange way you kind of twist them all together. He's still um, there now. <laughs> He's <laughs> still waiting. Um, what did you think of the slightly more exuberant passages of music? Not specifically the uh, escape scene, which I think is more down to the editing, which we'll get to in a bit. Yeah, because um, I think the music feel... kind of works there. But um... Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Did you well, feel well, you a know... slight disconnect between I'm hearing kind of a Murray Gold-esque score with old Doctor Who visuals? Yes, there was elements of that. And I think just elements of this sounds like it should be, this sounds like a Sylvester McCoy story over the top Mm. of, you know, pre-existing sound. I think the problem was, in some cases, I guess, you know, the the Tristram Carey score is baked into the footage because that that is how it exists. And it almost feels like a bit of a cacophony of sound where you've got the mm. sound effects, you've got the synth effects of Tristram Carey's score, which, like you've already said, is more atmospheric and weird noises rather than it is mm. musical. And then you've got um, Marquez putting something else on top and it sort of feels like they're all fighting for dominance and it's a bit of a clash mm. of the ears where you're like... Uh, you know, it's like the eighties and the sixties are having a fist fight <laughs> of who can win. Um, but I mean, there were there were some occasions where I was like, "Yeah, this really works." There were some lovely moments at the end, like uh, right at yes. the end of the story, where you get some ooey-oos, which I really you do appreciated. Get some ooey-oos. Over yep. yeah, Hartnell talking, which I thought was really nice. Um, but on the whole, I did sort of think the score again. It felt somewhat egregious and a bit like, "Oh." doesn't really work. I think had it have been just keeping it more in line with what Tristram Carey was doing, I think Mm. I would have been far more on board, but because it tries to do so many weird and wacky things and I don't know, there's, I think there's occasions where it works and then there's occasions where it doesn't work. Um, I mean, I, but I did quite like the, Right, let's get on to it then. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about the most important part of the updated version, which is the re-edit yeah. itself. Yes. Um, helmed by Benjamin Cook, although it is worth saying off the bat that there were nearly a dozen individuals, including Ben, 
credited yeah. to the post-production from yeah. assistant editors, post-supervisors, online editors, VFX. Obviously, there's people cleaning up the images yeah. and so on and so forth <laughs> before we even get... There's people cleaning up the studios, you know, oh, someone's left their bloody... There's runners who maybe... <laughs> Maybe a runner accidentally hit the scissor button and nobody noticed in a couple yeah. of sections. You never know. Uh, that <laughs> might explain some things. So, Matt, as a you know content producer slash yes. editor by yes. trade, mm. uh, and you've brought up on occasion elements of Doctor Who's editing that maybe haven't worked in the past. Yeah, the one that comes to mind is all of the Legend of the Sea Devils. <laughs> so, I think that I was want- one of those occasions <laughs> where the cleaner came in and brushed it. I was like, oh bugger. <laughs> What oh, did well, you think? I'm sure no one will notice. <laughs> <laughs> of course it's a Welsh cleaner. Of course it is. It's the same one from the Green Death. She's, she's working it there is. now. Yeah. Um, actually, I did notice that I think it's the one of the edit supervisors um, is somebody who's been working on Doctor Who every episode since, I believe, the Daleks take Manhattan, which wow. is quite impressive. So Incredible. there's somebody who's, you know... Thank you, Russell, for coming back. I've got a job for life. This is excellent. Um, So I have to ask you, as an editor by trade, as As somebody who has nipped and tucked and snipped at all sorts of different things, Doctor Who related and, you know, your home movies you keep under the floorboards, (laughs) what did you think of this re-edit? So I I tweeted this out, actually, when when I watched it live. because we had to, we sort of stopped partway through. We had to have a, there had to be a pee break um, whilst they got <laughs> into the Dalek city. And I was really impressed with how they had cut all of the start of the story. Um, mm. And it was really interesting watching it because, you know, you can see all the sort of tricks of the trade of like, oh, they've yeah. cut to this. And, you know, that is to cover that they've cut all this stuff. And a big join, jo- yeah. yeah, and they've joined stuff together. Um, so I thought I really appreciated that, and I think it was very clever using again, sort of the moment that um, when Barbara is taking the drugs, like the, the aspirin or whatever she's taking for a headache, dropping a knee, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then she it cuts to the radiation um, detector yes. on the TARDIS console. And you can hear them talking in the background. I was like, that's very mm. clever. You know, I, they do it a few times where you hear yeah. the dialogue sort of off camera and obviously yes. they've manipulated the sound. So I, I really appreciated those moments. So I think that stuff worked really, really great. Those um, first 15 minutes are fantastic. Yeah, spot on. And I, I, when I rewatched it the other day, I thought, yeah, this is great. You know, you've cut all the relevant stuff. We don't need mm. to have... As nice as it is, we don't need to have the whole bacon and eggs business with the food machine. Yeah, you know, let's yeah. just let's get on with it. Um, I slightly disappointed that that poor little metal creature uh, didn't yeah, get, gets cut. Gets cut. Yeah, um, I guess it's not as exciting as in the movie when Roy Castle falls into it. Like, yeah, I'm just a hard, the a hard slab. This creature, <laughs> a, a, a slam cut to that these days. Yeah, probably. You'd think, ah, oh, maybe we should just get something VFXed up to like yeah. cover that instead. Yeah. But obviously, that's a whole different, you know, wormhole you're going down there to try and make that work. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, as you say, I, uh, yeah. You, sorry, I was going to say, I I totally agree with you. First yeah. fifteen minutes, the way that first episode is cut down is fantastic. Yeah. Um, and there are loads of bits in this that I think are really, really great. Yes. Um, me too. Um, it was funny though. Like I was watching the bit where Barbara's going around the corridors, and I thought you probably could have snipped some of this because that goes on for quite a while. I think you probably mm. could have trimmed that a bit if if, if, it, if it meant giving a bit of time to something else. I think that could have gone. Um, but I mean, I yeah. think the way that they kept like the reveal of the Daleks in and the reveal of the plunger, those key moments, that was good. I'm glad they kept that in because I guess you you could have easily cut some of that stuff if, if you were insane but you know those are so iconic that it was good yeah. that they kept it i think that when it starts to go a bit crazy is when you get to the escape sequence and the montage that's when mm. things start to go a bit like oh whoa what, what's going on here um and it there's just instances where they have those sort of montage cuts where you sort of feel like oh hang on a minute is is this happening you know is this 
Are they talking yes. about this happening or, you know, where are they now? Are they in this corridor over here talking or are they actually doing this now and we're just hearing them talk about yeah. it? Even within certain scenes, like I know, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, and I'm, I, we're saying all of this not knowing how much of a fucking ball ache I imagine yeah. this was to, to craft um, you know, it's important to say that because I'm sure that there were lots of things that oh, yeah. in an ideal world, yes, we would have kept that. Yes, we would have cut that. But actually, when you put it together, A, story-wise, you need this to happen for that to happen. And yep. B, there just isn't enough material to cover this or to make yeah. up for that. Totally yeah. understand that. Um, I mean, there's like weird occasions where they like flash back to something you know, that happened like a couple of minutes ago and you're like, well, that they don't need I to see a, a flashback. Big issue with. Uh, but I, I also understand that is being done to hide a join. Exactly. And, that's it. And I guess you, you know, you know, I can imagine, you know, as an editor myself thinking, shit, what am I going to cut to, to, you know, I want to snip this out, but I need something to, to join that gap. What am I going to do? I guess but, just show that bit again or, you know, it, it, so I, uh, I also appreciate the way that they edited a lot of the Dalek sequences to because mm. they reused a lot of shots. Like there's that yes. whole bit towards the end when the Dalek, when the when the Doctor and Susan are captured and yeah. they're having that conversation with the Dalek. You know, in the original edit, it's just one camera just yeah. behind the Dalek's head, but then they've used shots of the Daleks front on and they flipped it or done whatever, and then they've had the Dalek talking and it's like, oh, it's nice that you can actually have a proper conversational shot as you would shoot it today. You know, obviously mm. back in the 60s, you wouldn't have done it like that necessarily. But uh, yeah, I, I appreciate those little things. So there were very cool little tricks of the trade that I thought, oh yeah, I, that, that's what I would have done. You know, if I was doing yeah. it, that's what I would have done. And I, I went away thinking, oh, I'd quite like to have a go at doing this. I'd quite like yeah. to take a long Doctor Who story and cut it down and try and make it uh, a more sort of palatable edit, as it were. Mm. Uh, I, I have some asked. notes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I have some notes. Yeah. I I think yes, like the recaps, the flashbacks, they are there to kind of cover a join. Yeah, but I think there are some that, are ju that just don't need to be there. Like when Barbara says, um, "You know, you've only just been able to start walking, or whatever, or what the Daleks did to your yeah. legs." Yeah, and then we cut really to Ian getting weird. knocked out. And it's like, well, he's, he's just started to walk in the last two yeah. minutes. So yes, he knows, you know. Yeah. Um, and then when they reference, you know, oh, they killed him in the ambush and then they cut to the Thal being killed yeah. in the ambush. It's like, it's like, that was about 90 seconds ago. Like, yeah. I remember, like, I, I cut the bit where they introduced the fact that you have to flash back. You yeah. know, you don't need to have that first bit. It, you know, it's that, that flashback is redundant, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think also there's there's two element there's two moments where they flash back to the TARDIS team finding the drugs outside the police box. That happens yeah. like twice. Right. Um so that's one thing. I just think that there are a couple of those flashbacks that just didn't need to be there. Yeah. Um and weren't weren't necessary for papering over whatever. Um correcting mistakes is also another thing that I think is a bit of a sticky area when you're mm. You know, it's it's okay. Either they're all going to get corrected, or you know, you leave the stuff in that makes it a sixties production. And I, I guess yeah. you need to think of this as being we're trying to make this as palatable as possible for an audience that doesn't watch sixties television. So yeah, sure, people don't fumble their lines anymore. I mean, sure, they do leave their scripts on the TARDIS console when delivering pieces <laughs> the camera, but they don't flood their lines. I get it. Cut that bit, but then also cut um, William Russell forcing his chin over the sink plunger when he's getting attacked by the Dalek in the prison cell. Because that's yeah. still clear as day. Like, you know, so that's an error. So why didn't that get sort of snipped? Mm. Um, and there's, I guess if you, I, I don't feel this way, but some people might feel a bit uncomfortable about changing of established history with the Dals and the Carleds yeah. being cut and reinforced and, and added in. What do you think of that? Is there, is there an element that would maybe go too far because Dalek history is complicated and you know is timey-wimey and all over the place anyway so yeah. is it fair to just sort of streamline it and make it all make sense I mean that that didn't bother me to be honest that they changed it to Carled so I thought I actually yeah. thought oh that's quite nice that they've they've tried to tie it all in and make it work a bit more um 
Yeah, so that that never really bothered me. And like I said, it's not like they're doing a George Lucas and saying, no, this this from now on is the only is the version. Is, is yeah. The version. Yeah, I think had they have come out and said that, then I would have, well, I think everyone would have been up in arms. I think we would have burnt down Babel Studios probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, they didn't do that. Um, so, yeah, it, it doesn't, it, that doesn't really bother me. I think that was, yeah, yeah I, I think that was just a clever sort of fan tweaking, really. Dare I ask, should it have been shorter than it was? No, no I don't think so. No. I think it should have been a little bit longer because I think mm-hmm. when, sort of going back to the editing side of things, I think where the story suffers, I think the beginning's great. I think the first 40 minutes work pretty damn well. It's then afterwards, you kind of lose the relationships between the TARDIS team and the Thals. You know, it sort of right. suddenly cuts and the Doctor sat down with that girl looking through the history and even yeah chatter up i mean even that's cut right down you know they don't really Mm. go into the whole the full in in and outs of everything um so i think that's where i would have liked to have seen a little bit more stuff come back in because it you know there's no real payoff to the relationship between barbara and the thal that's got the hots for uh you know because they cut that whole thing at the end when they're saying their goodbyes and they get the cloaks um which I think is a bit of sad, really, that we don't yeah, get that in. Especially between Susan and Aladdin. The, the, like, that is mm. quite a warm dynamic. I mean, yeah. the optics of, I mean, I guess Susan is probably 400 years old at that point or whatever. But yeah. the optics of this big, towering, blonde Hulk and this petite 16-year-old or whatever, there is a yeah. bit of a kind of, mm. But it's actually very tender and very sweet, yeah. you yeah. know, and it's, it's a shame that that does get cut um the only reason i ask if it could have been shorter is because i feel that the pacing of of the edit is is the biggest problem for Mm. me the way that it sort of lurches from we're gonna have a montage now and now we're gonna actually basically stick to the original version and we're gonna have a nice lengthy conference then we're gonna do the okay and then it's gonna calm down then we're gonna go here yeah it it seems a bit disjointed in terms Mm -hmm. of ramping up with these montages and these great cut down sequences and then getting back to the original 60s pace of things yeah um and i just wonder whether or not it would have been better to just do well here's the cliff notes version of the daleks i suppose this is what that is yeah you know then let's cut even more waffle out if that if you need to um i don't know yeah, it's it's difficult, isn't it? It's a, a weird balancing game of you know what goes and what doesn't go. Um, I mean, I think honestly, overall, I think they they did pretty well with what they kept in. I just wish there'd have been a few little bits that had remained, just like mm. I said, just to, just to reinforce some of the character stuff. Um, and I think you know it doesn't have the atmosphere that the mm. original has, um, and that's again. I guess, uh, 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 down to the fact that the way things are cut, down to the f- way things are scored, you know, it creates a whole different impression of the story. Um, but overall, I, 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 I think they, I think it was a very interesting experiment, you know? I yes. think they, I think it was an interesting experiment. I think whatever they're doing next, I hope they've learnt from this one and I hope they've learnt from what people have said online um about things because i think the overall consensus was that some of the editing you know i think you know a montage sequence would have worked fine had the story have been shot that way you know had it Mm. been directed with that in mind and then edited into a montage sequence i think it would have been fine but because it it's so sort of static the montage just doesn't work. It just sort of feels like characters are sort of teleporting around the set and you're like, wait, where are they? Um, Yeah. So, I mean, nice idea, but it just, maybe the payoff just wasn't quite there. Um, You know, I don't want to be too mean about it because obviously a lot of love and hard work went into this. Um, Clearly. You know, I think it's different this, criticizing this and say, criticizing Legend of the Sea Devils, you know, Legend of the Sea Mm -hmm. Devils, which is obviously it is made to be going out on primetime television, primetime BBC one drama, you know, yeah. this, you know, was a BBC four thing that, you know, I guess a handful mm. of people would watch, but it was more there for the BBC iPlayer 
for the DVD and Blu-ray sales, well, you'd have thought. Well, 350,000 on the night. You know, that's a wow, pretty Wow, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. They lost. Was, it, was, it was a shame that it wasn't on a, like a main channel. I was quite disappointed that they like didn't put it on BBC One. Well, I mean, it, it, it lost it lost around 100,000 viewers by the time the Adventure in Space and Time came on. So maybe right. probably was a good idea to keep it on BBC4. BBC4, uh, uh, yeah. BBC4 is great for that kind of thing. It's a shame yeah. that not a lot of stuff is being... Com- or, but I think the remit is to not commission anything new and original for BBC4 anymore. It's supposed to be, if you want to watch old episodes of Top of the Pops, that's where you go. <laughs> that's that's really, sort yeah. of what it's for now, uh, yeah. which is a shame. Um I, I agree with you. I think it's difficult to look at this through the same lens with everything else that came out around the 60th anniversary. There is absolutely yeah. no point comparing what we saw on BBC One to what we saw on BBC Four. It's a completely yeah. different project. It's an yeah. expansion of the Hooniverse, which is obviously only a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, cool, as you say, to see where it goes. And we'll, we'll yeah. turn to Twitter in a minute just to see what people think and where it should go. Um I'm very pleased that we have this new dimension to this story because mm-hmm. it's one that is essential viewing because it's the first Dalek story, but impossible for anyone who's not used to 60s television to actually watch. And I think it, that helps with the performances Like you were talking about the skin tones earlier and stuff. I think yeah. besides the pacing, having something in black and white when you're not used to watching stuff in that, in that monotone way, um, <clears throat> it kind of creates a bit of a veneer that the audience struggles to get past. You know, you, you, you know, it's not tangible. It's, mm. There's a barrier to entry and it's yeah. difficult to penetrate it. And I was watching Bill Hartnell's performance in this and I was appreciating it in a different way simply because I was watching a scene I've watched a hundred times before. But yeah. Now he's in living colour. Mm. And I think for that reason, it, it did kind of make me appreciate some more elements of his performance in other people's yeah. than it would have otherwise. Because I just think immediately you've got that barrier in front of you with the black and white, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, and it was, it's a shame really, I've not had the opportunity to show it to my nephews because watching it the other day, I thought, oh, I'd love yeah. to sit down, especially with the eldest and see what he, because he likes black and white Doctor Who. He has no problem with it. You mm. know, he's 10 years old, but he's, he never, never sort of batted an eyelid at stuff being in black and white. Um, so fair play Never to complains, I, doesn't struggle too much. No, and I would have been interested to see what he made of it. I'm sure he would have loved it. I'm sure he would have thought, what a rip-roaring little adventure this is, compared to if I'd stuck him in front of the seven-parter and, you know, it probably would have put him in a coma. But, um, <laughs> you know, uh, so, it, yeah, I, I, unfortunately, I never had the opportunity to do that yet. Um, but I will at some point in the future. So I will, at some point, I'll come back on this and just say, oh, by the way, we watched it and this is what he thought. Uh, but obviously he has Absolutely. no realms of comparison. You know, he's not even seen the Peter Cushing film. So um, it oh, would be nice for that, him to just, That's got to you know, be the first one. And Come I think on. that's, the other, that's the other problem as well, isn't it? Is that for us, or for most people, you know, yeah. like you said at the start, the, there is a colour version of this story and it's called Doctor Who and the Daleks and it's got Peter Cushing in it. So you, you're always going to be sort of drawing comparisons to that as well. Um, of course. So I think it will be interesting if indeed the War Games is the next one, um, which seems insane because it's 10 episodes long and you think, thank mm. me, how are you going to cut that down? Uh, I haven't watched it in a long time, so I can't, really, I can't really sort of say hand on heart, oh yeah, you chop all this bit or chop all that bit. Yeah. I think it was easier to do with the Daleks because the Daleks plods along in so many places, whereas I think the War Games does an incredibly good job of lasting for 10 episodes. Mm. You know what I mean? It, it mm. manages to keep the story going and keep some momentum up. Don't binge so watch it for fuck's sake. But no, yes. don't do that. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'd be interested to see how they tackle that if that is indeed the next one. And like I said, I hope they just sort of take on board some of the mm. complaints about this one. Like the score, you know, obviously Dudley Simpson has his stamp on that story with, you know, Quite. I don't think it's like the most scored episode of Doctor Who ever. But I, you know, I think having seen that Mark can do Dudley Simpson, he did a superb job mm, with mm. Charda when he did the, the score for that. You know, I hope that Mark and obviously the producers, because, you know, I, we, we can't just lay it all on Mark Hayes's no shoulders because obviously people are saying to him, no, we want more of this and we want more of that. 
you know, and if they're saying, no, 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 we want more, give it more welly and give it more oomph and whatever, then obviously mm. he, he's beholden to do that. It'll be interesting to see it with a story that has a more conventional score, though, because yeah. as we said before, it's baked onto the soundtrack. You can't really yeah. remove it unless you ask Peter Jackson, please come and use your mal system to, you know, <laughs> lift the score off, yeah. um, which would be great. And I'm sure as a Doctor Who fan, he would love to do that. But yeah. um, it will be interesting to see how they're able to to do that. And if it, if it is indeed possible to or necessary to yeah. add that level of score on because there's plenty of Dudley that you can dip into from the 70s mm. and use and it probably wouldn't feel too out of place yeah. in the war games. Yeah. So maybe they yeah, do that and they don't worry too much about rescoring it. Yeah, unless it's like something from the frontier in space or like Claws of Axos where it's like <laughs> 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 and you're like, well, what? <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I think it's it's a it's a more percussive score yeah. Um, for the war games more so melodic I think, it sounds like, it yeah. sounds like they've got an orchestra they've got a band you know it sounds like you know um, yeah. let's have a look and see what the Rodders thought of the Daleks in colour uh, Tinted Who who I imagine with a name like that probably knows something about colourising stuff um, you would have thought so the idea of colourising classic Who stories cut down with all the padding taken out sounds like a reasonable idea however the attempts at new Whoifying the episode just doesn't work Maybe next time leave the soundtrack intact at least. I think it's probably fair to say that the soundtrack is doing as much heavy lifting, papering over cracks as mm. the edit is at some point. So yeah. I think it's difficult to say you can't or shouldn't add things because they might actually be necessary to knit things together. Yeah. Um, especially with dialogue. You know, you then- might actually need something to go bang in the corner to make that join work. I'd I'd love to hear like a a commentary with like Benjamin Cook, Marquez and Russell mm. and whoever else really talking about right so oh yeah so this bit here we cut this bit because of whatever but we've had to stick this over the top it'd be very interesting mm. to sort of see that and get a real sense of why things were done the way that they were um I don't know what is on the blu-ray I've not pre-ordered it Jonathan has but I've not it, I, I I think animated menus Photo gallery, <laughs> uh, probably that, um, and a terrible front cover. Sorry, but fucking hell. Yeah, it does feel. It's a bit lazy, isn't it? It's a bit lazy. They just took two publicity images and just, you know, remember that famous scene where the Daleks break into the TARDIS. Just remember that famous Dalek variant with no sucker arm or gun that breaks yeah. into the TARDIS. <laughs> isn't that a great scene? Uh, Pete Lambert, as an experiment, it had some fun moments. I liked mm-hmm. it best when they went all out, like the Austin Powers escape sequence. But 75 minutes required such a hatchet job. Key scenes for the storytelling got pulverised and Barbara wouldn't wear fuchsia pink to her worst enemy's funeral. Uh, <laughs> Luke says, I think generally the re-edit worked really well and is a much better introduction to the story for new viewers. Although I do feel like there were a few moments where it felt rushed. So perhaps if it was five minutes longer, it could have been yeah. ironed out. And it could have just been, yeah, like an extra two minutes means yeah. that you get an extra five seconds earlier on and yeah, then that it. scene breeds a bit more or you yeah. get a bit more separation from characters moving from one location to another. So I think that's a reasonable thing to have uh, assumed there, that five yeah. minutes would have been enough. Um, Darren says, the definitive will always be the original, but mm-hmm. it doesn't take away from the fact that the colorized one was a great experiment. Some of the edits and flashbacks don't work. But as a first attempt, it was really done. I'd be keen for them to take learnings and try another story. On that, Matt, what do you want to see from the In Colour collection, as it will be called on Disney Plus, I'm sure? Um, What would you like to see next? Because you mentioned Tomb of the Cybermen. That is my pick. That's my my go-to. I'd love to see Tomb of the Cybermen because it's, you know, I'd like to like to see them do a pat and I think Tomb of the Cybermen would be a, a great one. Um, I guess, you know, you could cut, I mean, easily cut around all the racist stuff that's in that story, you know, the dodgy stereotypes there. Um, but I'll give th- Toberman some lines. <laughs> <laughs> um, give Toberman some lines, yeah. Um yeah, I, I think that would be a, a great one. And I think, you know, you'd have to, like we said at the start, you'd have to really go into it and say, right, we need to completely come up with a colour palette for this story. Yeah. You know, do you 
Do you go into the Egyptology side of the inspiration of this story and go, well, let's make it sort of pyramid-esque and, you know, give it sort of golden yellowy walls or whatever, mm. you know. Um, doesn't necessarily make an awful but lot of sense tricky. for the Cybermen. <laughs> They'd be like, it, 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 oh, it no. Doesn't. <laughs> Don't get Why too close to Why did we get that walls? contractor in? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Um, Bugger. I I think that that it was works those sirens an, I, with their bloody <laughs> with their Egyptian theme. Those bastards, they bloody gold walls. Fake me. <laughs> Cyber controllers, all right. Works. He hasn't got a chest unit. <laughs> I think that oh, you're true. Yeah, he's got away scot free there. Although he does have yeah. exposed brains, so you know, yeah. just uh, if he slips and bangs his head on the side of the console, <laughs> he's in big trouble. Um, brain leakage. I think that that is a good idea, but the trouble is that the best scenes and this, most of the story that you want to see takes place in the tomb, and that's just yeah. going to be frosty colours and then yeah. silver things coming out of a silver thing, yeah. talking to, okay, Pat's got a bit of colour in his face, but then also they're all freezing, so they all look a bit paler as well. So yeah. if you want to do one on the cheap, maybe Tomb of the Cybermen is the one to do next. Yeah. But... I would elect, if not Tomb of the Cybermen, because now I'm coming around to the idea that I don't want that, uh, maybe uh, the Seeds of Death, because I, I, you've yeah. got lots of different locations. You've mm -hmm. got some stuff outdoors. Uh, yep. The foam can stay the same colour that it is in the original black and white version, so you don't need to worry yep. about colourising that. Um, and you've got big green uh, lizard monsters pink. with red... Fuchsia pink <laughs> fucking foam. Um <laughs> I want to see somebody colorize that and send it to us on Twitter. Um, <laughs> you've got big, massive green lizard monsters with yeah. red eyes who kill people with a really cool warbly visual effect. Yeah. Like that can look great as well. And then yeah. you've got all the control banks of, you know, T-Mac control and all that. Mm -hmm. I think that would be, I be, I prefer to see that before the war games. Yeah. That was actually going to be my second choice was the seeds of death. Um, mm. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else you'd have from the Hartnell era, necessarily. The Aztecs um, would look cool. Aztecs would look cool. Um, the Rescue, you don't really need to cut that down unless you want to do like a five-minute version. <laughs> um, the whole thing is just a montage. Um, I suppose if they ever found episode one and uh, episode three, whichever one it is, uh, the Toymaker would be great to do. Toymaker would be good. Uh, um... I guess even like the 10th planet also, if they found that, that still runs into mm. that same problem of white. But I guess the 10th planet Cybermen have got a bit more colour to them than a usual Cyberman. Um, well, they've got fleshy hands, I suppose. They've got fleshy hands, you know, they're, they're, because the, the colours of the, the Cybermen are always up for contention. But I think, right. I think, seeing from people who are in the know, because I think the action figure isn't quite right, I think the, the mm. mask, the stocking is more of a pale blue and their whole outfit ah. is more of a pale blue than it is ah. silver, silver. And they've got like the, the, the lines that you see on the toy, which are like painted in mm. metallic gray, you know, those are like red and blue, I think. So there's a, oh, there's a wow. there, yeah, there's a lot more color there than we're used to seeing with our Cybermen. So that oh, would be someone, quite interesting. Someone send us uh, an anatomically accurate Cyberman, <laughs> you know, that'd be great to see. Um, I, I like that idea. I think perhaps the chase would be decent because you've got Daleks again. Yeah. And it would sort of fit yeah. a frenetic, we're going over here now, we're going yeah. over there now sort of pace, you know, that, yeah, that would very, work. That would be, that would be good, actually. Um, and obviously, we should probably talk about the little montage that they put at the end of this story, yes. you know, and seeing all the little clips from, from different episodes. You know, and they, that they red Dalek. Oh. The red and blue Dalek from the from the cover of the Target novel, which is great. Beautiful. You know, um, I think people on Twitter are like, "Oh, character options, quick, release that as a set." <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that, and that was that was cool. And I, you know, they they had clips from the chase in there. They had Count Dracula um, doing mm. his "Good evening." Um, yeah, don't there was go. a don't go. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, you know, they, it. it the, the opportunity to do other things is there for sure, uh, and it'd be interested to see, you know, what they will do um, if this continues to be a success. Um, yeah, but like nothing really jumps out at me other than the mm. two that we've mentioned. I, I mean, to be honest, it'd be nice to see anything in, in color. You know, the time meddler in color that'd be quite nice. You've got stuff on the beach, you've got stuff in the forest, you've got the monastery. There's quite a few different 
areas there. Well, would, uh... there's quite a few good suggestions that I've just seen looking at uh, the question we asked on Twitter, which was which Doctor Who story should get the in color treatment next. Daniel Crinoid yeah. has got a fantastic suggestion. Yeah. I'd be down for a Wizard of Oz-like approach to the mind robber that goes oh, wow. into colour once Pat wakes up in the land of fiction. Oh, that would be cool. That would be cool. That would and be that very be good. Cut around and snipped about because it's sort of all yeah. over the place and suddenly they wake up in another realm and, you know, all that yeah. sort of stuff. That could be ripe for a little bit of That's you know, a really good idea. Around. Yeah. Um, and you could cut all of not Jamie from the story if yeah, you wanted if you want to. to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's all padding anyway. Like, that's super yes. padding, isn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, James Kelly, the first colour I seen I saw from a 60s story was The Seeds of Death, and that looked amazing. Uh, yep. Would be well worth completing. Uh, Dave Jarvu, I'd say whichever has the sharpest resolution for surviving materials, Seeds of Death, for example. Uh, yep. But I'd especially like to see one unedited over and above how many could get the treatment. A reversal but equally valid application of the less is more philosophy. And mm -hmm. I suppose, though, you're looking at the budget of, uh, you know, editing a 125-minute bit of footage yeah. uh, versus 75 minutes. And I think mm. that probably has something to do with why it was the length it was. Otherwise, yeah. why not do a 90-minute colourised version of the Daleks? Yeah. And maybe yeah. there is one out there just like, Peter Jackson has a 26-hour version of Get Back. Um, yeah. Maybe that, that you, could, you could do that. Um, but I think we'll probably see more fan edits because that's something mm. that exists in a lot of fandoms, but not yeah. really in Doctor Who particularly. No, no. The Ark, that'd be another good one, I think. The Ark would the be quite Ark fun. The Ark would be great. That would yeah. be fantastic. Um, mm. Would love for the invasion to be shortened and colorized due to how much time is arguably wasted in Vaughn's office, but obviously... You know, yeah, have to I rewatched that actually the other day. I rewatched oh, yeah. the invasion, and I I thoroughly enjoyed. It. I had just we it was it was Christmas Eve. I watched it on Christmas oh. Eve. Yeah, we were we were sat around and we were like, oh, I just I, I had a hankering for a Doctor Who, an old one, and I thought, oh, I might watch Tomb of the Cybermen because oh, it's a nice. good comfort story. And I thought, now I always watch Tomb of the Cybermen. I haven't watched the invasion in a long time, so we sat down and How watched. How did the that. animation hold up? Great, yeah. I was watching it and thinking, gosh, you know, it's a shame we didn't get more done by Cosgrove mm. Hall because they, they really nailed it. They did a great job with the animation. Um, but yeah, that's it. Slightly that's a annoying, great story. though. I'm interested in talking more about this, but because you just watched it so recently, we're yeah. probably going to have to wait a year for us to do the invasion now. <laughs> so you've forgotten what you thought of it. Um, Jamie says the sensorites, uh, although the sensorites? maybe just a cut down without the jarring music choices and some scene cutting just a cut-down version of a 60s episode. I think yeah. that would look great in colour. I mean, yeah. we know what the sensorites look like. Well, they have kind it. of we... pale blue boiler suits, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and here, uh, bearing in mind it would be cut down, uh, this is from FR Pip, I think the war games would work best. Huge variety of eras, costumes and colours, and you True. could easily keep it pacey and still coherent at 90 minutes. Okay. Um, so... A lot to stew on there. I think that this is a really exciting avenue for Doctor Who to go down and yeah. something that would have only, until the Hooniverse started and Russell came along and was like, right, no, we're going to do a big empire, something that would have only been reserved for the DVDs and the Blu-rays and yeah. it would have been made on that budget, which is tiny, I'm sure, compared to what was given out over the course of a year to produce yeah. this. So... I'm certain that they're already working on things. If there are rumours that people are happy enough to substantiate that, you know, the war games is going to happen. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's stuff being worked on, which is very exciting. So for all of the, the flaws or things that maybe we would like to see tweaked or, or, or done differently, um, this was a fantastic first effort in the In Colour series. Yeah. And... Uh, it leaves me excited for for more because uh, I don't mean this in a backhanded compliment way, but they can only get better, you know. Though. Yeah, and we, we can only it's only a good thing to get more Doctor Who in color at this point, you know. That the the seal has been broken. Yeah, for sure. You know, I I think the way that I've approached it, and you know, some people might disagree with this, is you know, I'm always treating it like a fan project more than mm. like an official thing. Do you know what, what I mean? It it it, it has that sort of feeling behind it like okay well we're trying to do this out of love and respect for the mm. original 
Um, and I think, yeah, so long as they, you know, keep in mind the things that, you know, sort of everyone was saying. I think it was on the whole, everyone had the same sort of criticisms about the same sort of things. So, you know, I think it would be foolish not to take on board some of that mm. stuff when doing the next one. Um, but yeah, I'm, 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 I'm intrigued to see what the next one will be and how it will ultimately turn out. Because like you said, it's, it's just nice to see black and white Doctor Who with a bit of colour in its cheeks. It is. It's fantastic. And at the end of the day, you've still got the Daleks to go back to, just as you've yeah. still got the old versions of Red Dwarf. Nobody talks about Remastered. And you've no. still got the old mixes of Beatle albums and yeah. let's not talk about what they did on the Red and Blue yeah. album. It was a great thing to see Doctor Who being given this new, this new yeah. lease on life. Yeah. Um, so that's it from yeah. us today. Um, thanks very much for watching, ladies and gents. Next up is the 2024 Roddy Awards, um, <gasps> which... Oh, I've, got, I've, got, I've got my bow tie here already. Excellent. Well, I've got the award that you've we'll got the award, try and yeah. send out to whoever wins whatever award. I'm sure this would go on Russell's shelf alongside Saturn Awards <laughs> and whatever else he wins. Um, but yes, the Roddies are next and yep. voting has already closed, so I can't encourage you to go over and, and do that. But you had your chance. It's been bloody hammering you over the head with it on Twitter for the last <laughs> couple of days. Um, so that'll be exciting. That'll be fun. Johnny will yes. be back. Uh, yeah. And he'll be uh, pouring scorn over Big Finish and anything else that I guess gets in his line of fire. Yeah. Um, so look forward to that. Lovely stuff. Well, we will see you then in our black ties. And uh, before then, have a nice week. Uh, and yeah, enjoy yourselves. See you then. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.